runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the weekly internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell and Greg Hughes. This is Carl Franklin introducing show number 43 with guest Bill Simser, recorded Tuesday, February 5th, 2008. Run As Radio is produced each week by Pwop Productions, online at www.pwop.com. You're listening to Run As Radio, and I'm your host, Richard Campbell. With me, as always, Greg Hughes. Hey, everybody. How are you, Richard? I am well, sir, and looking forward to winter being over. Yes, and it's it's getting there. We've had a couple days of sun. I can tell you right now, it's uh, very icy and difficult to get in and out of the driveway. Uh, it's just snowing here again. Well, you know, it's uh, it's part of living in the Pacific Northwest. For people that have never been here before, it's just kind of a fact of life. Yep, no doubt about it. So I think we're back on the topic of SharePoint again, and we're really fortunate to have Bill Simser, who's uh, certainly been involved in the world of SharePoint. Uh, I know back when I first got started in SharePoint, way back when, Bill was involved then, and he stayed actively involved and has really become a, a, a thought leader and an information leader in the field. All right, Greg, let's introduce our guest. Bill Simser is an independent solutions architect with over 15 years in software development. He has helped build many large-scale mission-critical systems along the way. In his role as a mentor, he guides clients on how to implement development standards and guidelines, evaluates and recommends new tools and technologies, and helps teams and projects progress in the .NET world. Bill is also a special interest in coaching clients on agile and general software development best practices. Bill has been involved in Microsoft's .NET platform since the early betas and has a deep passion for good architecture and software design. He specializes in SharePoint, .NET, Agile, TDD, and computer game programming. Bill also runs several successful open-source projects. He contributes to the software development community, taking the time to review and edit SharePoint and Agile publications and speak at user groups, code camps, and conferences, including TechEd, DevConnections, PDC, and DevTeach. Bill has been a Microsoft SharePoint MVP since 2004 and a member of the MSDN Canada Speakers Bureau. He also holds degrees in computer science and fine arts. Bill currently lives and works in Alberta, Canada with his wife, daughter, a Beowulf cluster of computers, every gaming console known to man, and a small menagerie of animals. Bill, that's quite a bio. <laughs> that's uh, quite a read, yeah. Well, thanks. You know, I, I, I bought this voice on the internet. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the, what what the listeners don't know is that that perfect sounding bio you just listened to was not so perfect when we recorded it the first time. Yeah, that's okay. That's what ed- edits are for. That's what edits are for. So the magic of the crew. Here I am in an IT show talking to a solutions architect. What are you doing here, Bill? <laughs> oh, you tell me. Um, <laughs> I, you know, architect is such a, such a crazy term, you know, it's, it's for me, I'm, I'm sort of the anti-architect. I'm, I'm the architect who codes, which, uh, you know, most architects kind of shudder. Yeah. It's supposed to be against the rules. Well, apparently. Yeah. So when I go to, you know, speak at things like the Alberta architect forum, you know, all these architects are in the room and I pull out, you know, visual studio and start writing code and they you know their jaws drop a little bit, but they they eventually come around. So so what about on the uh, the deployment and operations side of things? Yeah, so there's you know from the IT pro side, you know deployment operations. That's 
you know, the thing about SharePoint is that it's such a big stack. You know, there are so many pieces, there are so many technologies involved, there are so many moving parts. It's, uh, you know, it's akin to um, the, the guy at the circus who's spinning all those plates. He's got to keep every one of them going and he's running back and forth. That's sort of a SharePoint guy, right? The guy's kind of fun to watch, right? But oh, totally fun to watch. But but get inside his head and ask him what he's doing and how he's how he's making this happen. And you know, it's it's pretty crazy. So that's sort of you know a day in the life of a SharePoint uh, architect. But um, from the deployment side, from the from the configuration side, administration side, yeah, that, that's sort of a whole world unto itself. Um, and there's there's so many technologies and tools and, and um, knowledge that you need to be able to pull that off successfully. Uh, it's, it's, it's specialized. It's, uh, it seems to me that most SharePoint deployments are almost viral, that they rarely involve IT at the beginning. Right, right. Yeah, and it usually starts that way because it's so easy, right? It's like, you know, someone's got a, a development server and they say, hey, you know, like I found this SharePoint thing that I downloaded and I, you know, I installed it and it's great. It works. We can share documents and we can create lists and put up photo galleries of, you know, this, the stag last night. Um, the, the issue comes when, when it becomes, you know, enterprise, which, which it really was in the first place. And the guys say, Oh, we want to scale this out or, Oh, we want to share our content with a different department. And that's where, you know, that's where the sort of the, the I call them gopher. Uh, gopher departments, they sort of pop their heads up and say, hey, we got a SharePoint server over here. Could we make it available to everybody? Surprise. Is this sort of analogous to the the guy with the plates in the circus? I, I, anybody can pick up one plate and learn how to spin it on their finger, but you start spinning it on other things and you're doing 10 at a time and all of a sudden, this enterprise level of complication, you know, it, it really does take somebody who has a real focus in this area. Absolutely. And the the thing is that you really can't do this after the fact. You can't just take, you know, 30 SharePoint sites or 300 SharePoint sites and clobber them all together onto a server and call it a call it an architecture, right? It's uh, you know, that's kind of drive-by architecture. Um, you know, so so there has to be some mouse of forethought as to, you know, what what you need this thing to do, you know, who need who needs to secure the information there, you know, so it's not only it's not only um, infrastructure architecture, uh, there's security architecture that has to be brought into play. Um, information architecture is a huge part of it, which right. nobody really considers. Isn't that that's an important point? I mean, I know that I have spent uh, considerable chunks of time on thinking about things like taxonomy and how do we organize information and, you know, how, how do we build the infrastructure to support the information But before we start plugging information into it? What... What are the problems that people run into? Well, one of the main things that happens is sort of, and taxonomy is kind of a funny thing because um, every concept of what it is and, and what it means is, is different. But, sure. you know, so, sort of, if you put these guys in a room and sort of start trying to drive out that information architecture, it, you know, it, 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 you get, it, it's kind of like trying to drive requirements out of, out of, you know, um, users or, or business business folks to sort of ask them why they're doing something, not what they're doing or how they're doing it or whatever. Because realistically, the tool is kind of irrelevant. The tool and platform and all that stuff is, you know, it could be any kind of tool. Uh, SharePoint has to be a pretty good one for that for that, you know, purpose. 
But the important part of it is the content and what are you using it for and why are you using it and who's using it and why and all that stuff. Um, and that's where, you know, things like the decision between, you know, do I use Windows SharePoint services versus Moss, uh, Microsoft Office SharePoint server, do I need, you know, business intelligence? Do I need KPIs? Do I need dashboards? Um, the worst thing that happens is you get people into a room like CXOs and stuff and, and, you know, throw up this concept of taxonomy. And next thing you know, they're, they're saying, well, we want a dashboard because we want to know what's going on. We want, we want a report on the finger on the pulse of our network. All the catchphrases come out and start to take over yeah, the conversation. Yeah, all the buzzwords. It's, it's like buzzword bingo, right? It's like, you know, taxonomy, infrastructure, ooh, you know, crazy stuff. On the other side, as a consultant, I'm just about to make a big pile of money because they just upped the scope of this project a hundred times. Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? They, you know, they come in and they say, well, you know, we want a server and we want this and we want that. It's, you know, it's a problem of, of business users bringing technical solutions to you when, you know, it's like, okay, that's great, but, you know, now let me do my job. So the requirements driven process and, and, and getting the business requirements and then letting the technical people figure out the best way to solve it. Is that kind of what you're leaning on? Yeah. And, it, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like when I do any project, it's, you know, it's half art and half science. There's a technical, technical mumbo jumbo of, you know, how many servers do I need in the farm and how do I set them up and where's my security and where's my DMZ, where's my pain points. And then there's part of, you know, what do I want to do with the content and, and, you know, how much do I need to make it available and where do I have to secure it and things like that. Um, so it's, it's, it's a delicate balance and, and, but the problem I see with clients is, is too many people just simply look at it as a technology, not as a, um, they, they look at it as a, as a solution, um, a, a, like a point click and configure solution, which, you know, really does it injustice because it, it's, it's really, um, a platform to build the solution. You know, this sort of leads us to an interesting question that I, th I don't think a lot of people have really dug into, which is the scalability of SharePoint. Right. I only ever hear about performance problems around SharePoint. Mm -hmm. I don't really hear a lot about what it takes to scale SharePoint, how scalable SharePoint actually is. And, and actually, we're all talking about 2007 here, right? The latest and greatest. Right. Yeah. yeah SharePoint it, has it, certainly you know, evolved it, quite a bit. It, it it has, uh, you know, I, I've been with SharePoint since back in 1999 when, you know, we had the old 2001 kind of calm thing. I'm not really sure if you want to call it SharePoint, but the crazy digital dashboard, you know, so, so, you know, it's, it's 2007, um, you know, the, the scalability factor is, is, you know, quite huge, but you need to plan that out and do it right from the first point. So one of the things about Microsoft is internally Microsoft uses uh, SharePoint. You know, every department, every team has sort of a SharePoint site. And, you know, if you look at the, you know, how Microsoft did it, IT, um, they talk about, you know, how they actually deployed uh, SharePoint around the world. And they've got, you know, a huge number of sites, like an astronomical number of sites. I don't think anybody has a SharePoint deploy as big as Microsoft does. Um, so scalability is not an issue. The issue is planning for that scalability. Um, so that's where things like the SharePoint capacity tool, which just came out, um, is is a huge thing for IT pros to sort of use and, and play with. So the SharePoint capacity tool, and I see it's been nicely shrinksterized for me. So if you go to shrinkster.com slash UHW, Uniform Hotel Whiskey, 
That takes you to the Microsoft TechNet site to the SharePoint Capacity Planning Tool. So uh, talk a little bit about this, Bill. Sure, absolutely. This is this is probably this is a tool that you know every IT pro who's thinking about doing a, a you know a fairly large scale uh, deployment of SharePoint um, needs to have in their toolkit. It's so it it is based on top of or it's built on top of a, a tool called the um, System Center Capacity Planner, right? SACP. Right. And so that thing was built for for you know mainly for Exchange uh, servers to sort of plan out your Exchange farm. But they've sort of, you know, it's extensible. So they've built a SharePoint piece on top of it. And so essentially with the tool, you fire this thing up and you basically describe your your environment, describe the kind of hardware you have, you describe, you know, the kind of users you want, um, you know, are they heavy users using uh, a lot of collaboration, a lot of tools? Are they just sort of casual readers? You know, what's the profile um, that exists? And you sort of build you know, input this information based on business requirements, based on organizational needs. And what happens is, you know, it sort of puts together a topology model to say, here's what your, you know, your farm will look like, you know, and here's the kind of things you need. And the other, the other cool thing about the tool is that um, it also does a simulation for you. So you can sort of play what if scenarios, sort of put, put together your topology and say, this is sort of how my, how my, you know, landscape will look like or what I want it to look like. Now run it and tell me what kind of response am I going to get? And that's without, you know, actually deploying any real hardware. So you get to model exactly how the different environments would look. This sounds like a great tool for the IT guy coming in after the SharePoint sites have been deployed and trying to roll them up to be able to go and inventory each one of them that's out there, get some head count as to who's using it, and then they can start looking at what the consolidated server farm would look like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you could use it both ways. Like I, you know, I, I, I certainly drive people towards using it if they just have nothing and they, you know, I, I can sit down with their IT guys and say, okay, tell me the landscape of your servers. What kind of servers do you have? What kind of CPUs do you have? You know, what kind of database servers are you are you planning to have for this thing? Um, but you can certainly take this and turn it around and take an existing uh, install and sort of help you optimize it. Um, so absolutely, it's used for both. Um, this sort of leads into uh, the whole licensing rules, too, because uh, I often get confused of what SharePoint requires. There's the, the, the SharePoint services that comes with Windows, there's no additional licensing required there, right? Yeah, so lic- licensing is crazy. You know, with any any sort of Microsoft product, licensing is just... You know, you need a degree in in astrophysics to usually figure it out. <laughs> but um, the the sort of built-in licensing piece. So 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 if you've got Windows Server 2003 in your environment, um, you get Windows SharePoint services for free, right? Right. And so that's sort of like the you know I look at that as sort of the platform with a little bit of content, you know, some a few templates, the the kind of thing that if all you need to do is have a few teams team sites and share some documents, that's probably good enough. And so that's, so that's free as long as you're doing it internal to your, your organization. Once you expose Windows SharePoint services to the outside world, you're, side, you're sort of into a, you know, a community server or .NET new type site where you want you know, people to, to share documents or, or look at lists or look at content. Um, so licensing-wise... Essentially, it's it's you'll need an external uh, what's called an external connector license. So that's about two two grand, and that basically says I'm going to put this out on the internet, let as many people access it as 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 they want, 
and you know, sort of this sort of enterprise license for that kind of thing. Because you can't really count the number of users on the internet. So I don't need that if I just have remote employees. It's when I want to expose it to non-employees via the internet that I need that connector. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or if you, if you wanted to run, you know, like, uh, I'm trying to think Hawaiian Airlines, for example, runs an unauthenticated, uh, site on SharePoint services. And so that external connector would apply to an internet based site, not just maybe an extranet site as well. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the Windows SharePoint services side of things. And essentially, like I said, internally, that's free and, and, and you're good to go. And if you're only doing a small scale thing and you're not really going to do enterprise wide collaboration search, that kind of thing, um, that's cool. And there's differences between, you know, Windows SharePoint services and Moss itself, the product, um, that we can get into. And then there's the, the whole licensing piece for Moss, uh, Microsoft Office SharePoint server, which sort of gives you the whole meal deal. And so that sort of escalates and, and, uh, you know, that's where you actually, you know, Microsoft makes their money, I guess. So I can share documents and share in the Windows SharePoint services. I got all the basic features. I guess the real question is, why would I need Moss? So Moss, yeah, Moss, Moss is that, is that sort of, you know, Windows SharePoint services, if you, if you think about Moss, I, I always think about Moss as like WSS on steroids, right? Right. It's, it's, you know, WSS is cool. It's, it's got, you know, from a collaboration perspective, it's great. It's, you know, like I said, small teams, um, you know, a bunch of departments in an organization probably under, you know, say 500 employees. Windows SharePoint services, go for it. Um, Moss is where you get into, I've got, you know, a hierarchical organization. I've got, you know, content sources everywhere that I want to crawl and search and index and, and expose. I've got... um Excel spreadsheets that I want to publish on the intranet. I've got, you know, forms that I want to fill out and publish on the intranet and be able to track and do some workflow around them. And that's, so that's where Moss kicks in is, is it sort of gives you that, you know, okay, I've given you, it, it you know, it's, a, I, I call it the, the sort of crack approach to, uh, uh, the drug dealer approach to, to software is that you get the, you get the crack for free, you get the first hit for free, but then when you come back and you say, but I want more, then that's where there, more Moss kicks in. Well, and I can definitely see on the form side of things, now you're suddenly going from Word documents being handed around to being able to implement more serious business processes uh, in more structured ways through SharePoint. Workflow and what have you, yeah. For sure. And that's, you know, like the whole business intelligence piece is huge. And that's just pure Moss, right? So all the sort of... um uh, so SharePoint, so Moss itself has, uh, for this kind of thing has, um, you know, the whole dashboard infrastructure. Um, so doing KPIs and publishing spreadsheets and in- integrating, uh, SQL Server reporting services and things like that. Um, and then the other, the other sort of big piece of Moss is, uh, is the content management. So the old content management server product. That sort of is gone now in 2007. Right. It's now part of Moss. It's it's now part of the standard and the enterprise version of Moss. And so that's so that's where you get into. I've got an intranet site, which is or an extranet site for that matter. But I've got an intranet site where I want to publish content to it, and I want to put workflows and and authoring and and approvals around that content. And that's where Moss, you know, sort of shines and and doesn't. You know, SharePoint services, there's a little bit of, you know, 
make this public or not, but that's about it. Well, and it's interesting to see these products are now merging together. So SharePoint's becoming the content management solution from Microsoft. Right, right. Yeah, from the from the enterprise perspective, absolutely. That's you 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 need that part if you want to do that sort of content management. And that's a big part for some organizations I've seen where, you know, it, you know, lots of teams work in team sites and they publish content, and then there's somebody probably, you know, in a sort of a a publishing sort of role or, or organization, uh, maybe the HR department, where they actually make the information available to cross, you know, all the other employees, and it's been distilled, it's been approved, it's been, you know, reformatted, prettied up, um, and uh, and pushed out there. Now, here's here's another shrinkster uh, URL address for people uh, because you. Uh, you shrunk up an address for doing a feature comparison. You're comparing Moss versus WSS and also, you know, the 2007 version versus the prior version at shrinkster.com slash UI and the number one. Yeah, that, you know, that, that'll take you to a, to a page where you can download, um, sort of an Excel spreadsheet. And the spreadsheet is huge. Like, if you look at it, you know, again, this is sort of a, you know, if you're, if you're sitting there looking at this thing called SharePoint and you're saying, well, do I need WSS? Do I need SharePoint? Do I need, you know, Moss? Do I need Form Server? Um, this will sort of give you, you know, the, the big picture of everything that's available, right? So it'll tell you what's, what's included in each, you know, flavor of the product, as well as what's brand new in, in 2007 and what's been improved. Cause they've made, they've made some fairly large improvements. Um, things like, uh, you know, for collaboration, there's now wikis and blogs and templates and things like that. Um, and that, and, and things like that have been improved. Document collaboration itself has been sort of bumped up a little bit, uh, even in WSS. So this, this is sort of give you the, the big picture of, you know, here's everything you can possibly imagine SharePoint can do. And, you know, what version of SharePoint do you need to be able to accomplish it? Um, one other idea on all of this, and I, I sort of feel like this show has shaped itself into a, okay, I, SharePoint's in my environment and I'm trying to pull it together, or trying to manage it. Uh, there are other apps that do this, and one of them that comes to mind is .NET Nuke, where folks tend to, if I have an IIS server somewhere in my organization, I can throw one of these things up and it takes on a life of its own. But I... I get the sense that .NET Nuke is tougher to consolidate. And I wonder if it's worth converting from .NET Nuke to SharePoint. Are the features compatible or matchable? Yeah. So, so there's a couple, uh, couple URLs. I, I, I wrote fairly extensive blog, blog posts on this. So if you go to shrinkster.com slash UI5, um, and UI6, there's two parts of a, of a blog series that I started where I compared, you know, feature by feature, uh, .NET Nuke versus SharePoint. And this was sort of, um, I was trying to set, set a level ground because people were saying, well, you know, okay, SharePoint, yeah, it's free, or at least the, the WSS portion of it is free, but I can do everything in .NET Nuke, right? And uh, so for some organizations, they've been using DNN in, in internal, and that's cool. Um, the, 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 you know, I've talked to, to Sean Walker about this, and, and, you know, there is the aspect that, that .NET Nuke is scalable. I just... I haven't seen evidence of a scalable installation of .NET Nuke versus something like, you know, if you go to the other end of the, the platform or the, the spectrum where Microsoft's got SharePoint everywhere and organizations I've been where we've got, you know, 10 or 15,000 sites, uh, I just haven't seen .NET Nuke scale out to that. 
the other the other sort of aspect of .NET Nuke is is uh, and and sort of there is an advantage there with .NET Nuke, and it and and, it, and it's when it comes to community sites. Um, right now, probably you know if you if you go off to your if you've got a web host that that's running you know your public website, you know richardcampbell.com or whatever, um, you can you know for the most part as long as the as long as the host is running ASP.NET. Um, you can do something like take take a .NET Nuke install, upload it, point it to a da- to a database, and run the you know the web based installer, and you've got yourself a, a .NET Nuke site, right? With SharePoint, it's not so simple because you just can't upload anything to the server and make it work. Right. Um, so that's probably the you know that compare com- uh, as well as um, a feature that .NET Nuke has is something called private assemblies. So people that create third-party components for .NET NIC modules that are available on uh, snowcover.com, for example, you download this thing, and it's, it's sort of a packaged file. It's got all the resources and all the, all the pieces that, sh- that uh, .NET NUC needs to run this module. And then you upload that to the, to the server, and it sort of parses the assembly, splits it out, builds everything you need, and, and basically installs it for you, let's say. With SharePoint, it doesn't really have that kind of facility. Um, you know, there are packages, there are uh, features and things like that that can be added to SharePoint. But at the core part of it, the, f- the one thing the person, somebody has to do is they have to run uh, a command line tool and install that as a solution that's available. So you can package the whole thing up and make it available, but you got to give it to some guy who can remote into the desktop or remote into the server and install it. So that's sort of a, a big thing that SharePoint just can't do right now, um, which is which is sort of causing it to, you know, if you look at it feature by feature, it's got, you know, comparable features, if not better features in .NET Nuke in most areas, uh, things like list and, and certainly document management. But when it comes to extensibility, um, you, you, you're a little bit limited with uh, with SharePoint versus Nuke. It's a, yeah, it's an interesting difference then that uh, .NET Nuke definitely has the strength and programmability. SharePoint has its programmability model, but it's just not as easy to work with. Uh, and uh, SharePoint definitely has proven chops in the scalability spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And from the you know programmability perspective, the other you know deterrent is is. You know, this, we've been trying to get ASP.NET developers to come over to the dark side, right? To say, hey, you know, you can build stuff in, in, in SharePoint and it's, uh, it's great. It's, it's cool. You can, you can sort of build, it's, you know, consider again, consider it as a solution platform. So certainly, um, you know, it's, it's great to build for, but again, with, with something like .NET Nuke, I can do all my development on an XP desktop or a Vista desktop. Uh, with SharePoint, I need that server in the background, right? right? So, so I, so grant you, I could fire up a virtual machine and and use that, but it's just not as as friction free to me as a developer. Interesting differences there. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, we're down to our last couple of minutes. Final words. Uh, final words. Um, probably, uh, you know, uh, I'll throw my blog out there, which is uh, at tringster dot com slash uhv. Um, I haven't probably, you know, I I cover sort of the gamut of of you know things like like Richard said at the beginning. Um, you know I, I do agile, I do .NET development, I do SharePoint development, I do game programming. Uh, so it's all there, um, and so you know that's sort of kind of a cool resource. Um, absolutely, the uh, you know probably um, there's some great resources out there. Just 
looking for them. Um, probably the best thing out there is uh, the SharePoint team site or even SharePoint.com, the community site. Uh, that's sort of your, 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 your jumping off point for SharePoint from an IT pro perspective or even a developer perspective. Uh, you sort of choose a path. Um, it is a, it is a pretty scalable, cool platform. Lots of things happening in it. Uh, lots of new features coming out, um, right now and we're building more and more solutions on top of it. So it's, it's becoming more and more integrated into the enterprise, uh, for low impact. Well, I appreciate that the capacity tool, which is you know, really part of Exchange, has uh, grown into that. It's really proof that Microsoft's taking SharePoint seriously, at least internally, right? and uh, helping the rest of us take it seriously as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Bill. Great to talk to you. Appreciate your insights on SharePoint. Great. Thank you for your time, guys. You're welcome. And we'll talk to you next time on Run As Radio. Run As Radio.